Welcome to the Future Supply Chain Conference here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm Thomas Wasson, enterprise trucking carrier expert here at Freight Waves. And today we have two great guests joining us today. Joining me is uh, Mark Brousseau, product marketing consultant here at Transcard, and also Sunil Sharma, chief product and technology officer at Cargomatic. Super, super excited. Before we begin, a little bit of house cleaning here. Quick reminder, if you've missed any of the keynote speakers or would like to catch up on today's events, check us out at FreightWaves.com or TV.FreightWaves.com. And finally, our FreightWaves TV stage is brought to you by Transcard and MasterCard, bringing together FreightX. Let's begin. So joining me now is Mark Brousseau, product marketing consultant at Transcard. Mark, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, diving into, we're talking about payments. And so starting things off, what are some of the challenges with our traditional approach in terms of like receiving payments in the freight industry, just getting paid? Yeah, it, it's a big issue. And, and whether you're a shipper, you're a broker, or you're a carrier, the fact is, is that making and receiving payments requires an enormous back office lift. And for a lot of carriers, the way they receive payments creates a lack of liquidity that really makes it hard for them to grow the business and to serve their customers appropriately, even for drivers, right? Today, we're getting socked with higher fuel costs, and one slip up in receiving payments can put them in a really bad position. And all of this, Thomas, is because of the outdated, fragmented way that we're managing payments in the freight and logistics space. I would always remember it'd be like net 60 or 90. You look at the aging account and you think, oh, I, I may need this money. I have a payment coming up. And so like, you know, when we're thinking about this traditional approach, like how, how analog is it? Is that kind of what, from your experience, talking to people, they're literally just waiting for something in the mail or? Here's the thing, Thomas. In our consumer lives, right, today, if we want to make a payment, we could take out our phone and I could make a payment to you within moments. I receive an instant notification. My bank account is updated instantly. I know exactly where everything stands yeah. and you're happy. Why can't things be that way in the freight and logistics space? Well, I'll tell you why it's not that way. The reason that it's so broken down is because of all the fragmented systems. We have a TMS that can't talk to a payment system. We have an ERP that can't talk to a TMS or a payment system. In many cases, we're forced to change bank accounts. Our payment systems can only support certain types of payments. This is a big challenge. So what we're doing at Transcard is we're teaming up with MasterCard to create what we call FreightX. And this is the first solution built for the freight and logistics space that's going to solve this problem. The way we're going to solve it is we're going to connect with any TMS, accounting software, or ERP. We're going to support any type of payment that a carrier or shipper wants to make. We're going to integrate with any existing bank that they already do business with, so no need to set up new bank accounts and we're going to drop supply chain financing right into the middle of this network so that suppliers can opt in on the fly and we're going to be able to finance more of these transactions more seamlessly than ever before. This 
is frictionless payments. We talk about the supply chain. This is what we're after these days. So that's like one of the challenges is who's willing to make sure you get paid first and then collect later. So having that ability, having that now integration is going to allow that kind of authority and trust to say, if I can Venmo you for a pizza, but why can't I Venmo you for a 53-foot drive-in shipment? You know, so that's kind of the, the game changer. So looking to overcome these payables, uh, you know, what do you do if you're a carrier or a shipper? How do you navigate this and make the right choice? That's right. So what you need to do is you need to think holistically. You need to think end-to-end. And I, and I heard a lot of folks talking about that here, right? We're integrating more and more of these systems. Why aren't we doing that with our payments too? So let me give you a good example. So when you get that load, Why can't we pay the driver as soon as we've got that confirmation? Well, once you've integrated with our systems like TransCard's doing with MasterCard, well, now we're able to do that. We're able to pay on delivery. We can pay in real time. And in many cases, it can be settled within minutes. And this is what we see as the future of payments and freight and logistics. That's, that's insane. I remember uh, uh, when I was an account executive, you'd have to just call people. Hey, can I get paid yet? Oh, we'll work on it eventually. And then eventually it's like, I can't haul things for you because you're $30,000 in the red. That's right. It's been 120 days. Oh, we'll get to you. So that's kind of the game changer. And it's a crazy thought to think right now that it's catching up to freight to get paid immediately. That's right. And, and this is what exacerbates the problems in the supply chain, Right. When you have this friction, as we call it, when you have cases where somebody's not getting paid or they they can't get visibility into their payments, well, this exacerbates these problems. And so now you're going to have slower supply chain. We think that by integrating these systems, we can eliminate that friction. So now you'll be able to have this seamless exchange of data between shippers and brokers and carriers and even drivers You'll be able to see exactly where things stand in the process. You'll be able to invoice electronically. You'll be able to request a payment electronically. We'll be able to smooth out those disputes that, well, many drivers will tell you are a big problem these days. And and so this is what you want in in the future of payments and freight. Well, I think the savings, you're talking about the savings as well. It would also save me my blood pressure because I wouldn't have to call (laughs) someone and get yelled. I feel so sorry for my accounts receivable people I used to work with because every day that's all they would do. This inefficiency and friction meant that they were stuck spending valuable time doing, they could have done other things. Dial in for dollars, Thomas, we call it. You know, and in many cases, this is because things get gummed up in the system. It's not that people necessarily want to pay late. It's just because things get hung up. We don't know what we owe at a point. We don't know where payments stand. And oh, by the way, if we're cutting a paper check, well, that's going to add seven to 10 days to the process. Who wants to wait around in a just-in-time environment for a paper check to show up in the mail? So this is the environment where we think we can finally do something about digitizing these processes. And you know what else, Thomas, is now by bundling in supply chain financing, we can accelerate payments for carriers and for even uh, drivers in cases where it makes sense for them. They can opt in on the fly, and now they're able to accelerate those funds when they need them. Might not be in every case, Thomas, but now we're making it easy for them so that they can get the money they need when they need it. I think that, especially in the current environment, for a lot of small companies, small owner-operators and drivers, that cash flow lag can be absolutely just crushing because now you're at a deficit, maybe at a $6,000 week, 
you've only got $2,000 and you've got all this other payment and overhead, you know, looking into trying to convince folks to prioritize autom automation, because we hear about it all the time. Like, what would you say to some of these smaller operators and smaller businesses? You know, how do you kind of get them to say, why is this the most important thing you should be doing right now? So you can actually get paid. What would you kind of, what would be the best pitch? I think the pitch is, is this will help grow your business. And you hit the nail on the head. If you're looking for ways to free up cash on existing revenues, I'm not talking about generating new revenues here. I'm talking about accelerating the cash that you've already earned. Well, that's what this will do for you. So now, either through supply chain financing or by eliminating friction that's just holding up payments that are already on the way to you, now you're able to get that cash that you can use to invest in your business or to deliver even better service to your customers. So that's the, that's the reason to do this. And by the way, that's something that any size business can rally around, right? And it's true whether you're a shipper, you're a broker, or whether you're a carrier, everyone can benefit by eliminating that friction in the payments. And it reminds me of like, uh, thinking about getting paid now. Uh, with startups in the startup environment that are in logistics and freight tech, investors are wanting free cash flow. That's and right. Having that free cash flow involves you getting paid to get the cash flow. So you think that's kind of another way, uh, a good attribute that you want to look for. So that way, when th you know, times are getting lean in the business cycle, at least you can tell people that I'm not having to wait 30 days to get. One of the biggest misperceptions, Thomas, is that it's only big companies or only tiny companies that need cash. The thing is, is when you're flying high, when you're a high velocity company and you're growing and you're buying lots of stuff and investing, well, that's the time you need cash. And who wants it stuck in working capital, stuck in inefficient AP and AR processes? So we're telling you, you don't have to do that. The way you do it is by plugging in payments into your TMS, your accounting software, your banks, and into your downstream processes. And then you're going to free up that money to do the things that matter most, to grow your business and to serve your customers better. Thinking of the visibility aspects, having oh. that ability to do it, knowing what you're paying and knowing what other people are charging on the cards. Um, I remember some of the old fuel cards at a company I worked with. You wouldn't always know what they're buying. And you're thinking to yourself, like, I can use an Apple card or a MasterCard or a Visa, you know, MasterCard, I can swipe it. And at least I know what I'm getting. Like, it blows my mind. So that's kind of one of the big things with a partnership as well is that you can actually look in it and find out for your business. Crap, I shouldn't have bought that one thing. That's right. Well, you'll know in real time exactly where you stand with all of your inbound and outbound payments. Because we're integrated with the ERP and the TMS, you'll be able to see all the line item invoice data in our portal that goes into that payment. So now you're not blindly making payments, right? In many cases, these have been approved by AP. This is a payment that we wanna make, but we often wonder, what is the detail? Where's my money going? So what if I told you, Thomas, I could tell you at any point in time exactly who the carriers are, who I'm making the biggest payments to, exactly what it is I'm paying them for, what the payment terms are, I'll know those too, all in one place and allows you to then make smarter decisions about when to pay these folks. The other thing we can do, Thomas, is we can time those payments. So in many cases, if you're using paper checks, well, as soon as you approve an invoice, that money's out the door, right? But what if you have a due date for these folks? Why pay them early? So we allow you to schedule a payment. You could make it immediately, you could do it to payment terms, or you could schedule it when it makes more sense for your cash flow.
That's going to be cool. A game changer for sure. Mark, thank you so much for coming on and looking forward to seeing especially the moves Transcard, uh, Transcard and MasterCard are doing because this is definitely going to open up a whole new world of opportunity. Thanks for having me, Thomas. Thank you. Coming up next, we are going to continue the show here and have on Sunil Sharma, Chief Product and Technology Officer here at Cargomatic. Looking at the correct one here. And so um, looking, looking forward to it. Um, especially for folks that are not very much aware, Cargomatic was uh, one of the early companies that was, uh, you know, venture capital talking about automation. And so, reading about the story and the foundation, super excited to have you on here, Sunil. Um, tell us a little bit, like, what's the what's the origin story of Cargomatic? Yeah, so I think you absolutely, you know, I think the the founders and a founding team saw an opportunity, uh, especially in local freight. That's where we focus. And I'll give you a little bit of background about what we do before we go into the origin. But Cargomatic is the largest, at this point, we're the largest and only digital freight marketplace of its kind for managing local freight nationwide. Um, our online marketplace uh, connects shippers with vetted drivers for moving freight from ports to warehouses, or warehouses to stores, or even to the customer's door, uh, and every local node in between. Um, combining capacity across 14,000 trucking companies. And, um, you know, that are operating about 35,000 trucks. Our U.S. footprint um, spans 40 different cities. Uh, that includes every major port complex and metropolitan areas. Um, and uh, customers, you know, get the flexibility to ship by the pallet, by the container, or by the truckload. Um, our customers include, you know, um, shippers from pretty much every major industry vertical you can think of, retail, manufacturing, uh, large enterprises, SMBs, as well as a slew of logistics service providers. Um, but we saw an opportunity, I think your question was about the origin. I think we saw an opportunity in local freight, and I'll touch on that a little bit. So with the advent of e-commerce, you know, we've seen a profound transformation of the supply chain architecture over the last couple of decades. And that transformation really accelerated during the pandemic, you know, uh, exponentially. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, we're, we're so used to sort of limitless product selection, uh, omni-channel fulfillment models, you know, next-day delivery and increasingly same-day deliveries. That has upended sort of your traditional, uh, predictable, forecast-driven distribution model. Uh, now it's more decentralized. You know, inventory has moved um, towards the edge of the network, right, to smaller footprint inventory locations in order to have a more responsive supply chain and faster deliveries, to enable faster deliveries. What that has done is um, basically created smaller uh, replenishment batches, right, and more frequent replenishment batches. And as a result, we see increased demand for a lot more short haul or local freight, whether it's the global mile or the middle mile or even the last mile or the penultimate mile. That's become the most important mile, I think, serving the last mile. Um, while having this on-demand network of local logistics providers is crucial for having a responsive and efficient supply chain, the capacity for local freight is highly fragmented, and it has been for a while. Um, and that really exasperates the problem for shippers, right? So for shippers, that entails, if you're trying to move freight locally, it entails having contracts with hundreds of small shipping companies or, or carriers. And uh, on top of that, you know, the technology hasn't really reached uh, this part of the, this segment of the market prior to, to marketplaces like Cargomatic, right? So processes are still based on 
paper, phone, fax, and email that really makes it really complicated. And it's a monumental undertaking just to source capacity than to manage it as well on, on an ongoing basis. I was thinking about that local freight back when I did a little bit of the brokerage as a, as a freight broker, trying to find sprinter vans and couriers. You couldn't. It was literally, like you said, it's so fragmented, it's so difficult to find that having that automated platform uh, is, is a game changer. And we were talking a little bit earlier about a lot of these guys are doing same-day bookings. Like, is that coming from a bigger truckload, you get a few days in advance, is that kind of the, the first mile or the last mile? It's literally this quick tempo of just same day, and then the platform has to just help pair them up, right? Exactly. I think you got it right. It started with the last mile, right, with the customer experience. That's the, the interface to the customer experience. We got used to sort of the on-demand aspect of logistics, but it's actually propagated all the way up to the middle mile as well as the global mile because the supply chain has become has to become a lot more responsive, right? Um, uh, so the innovation in, in this particular area, it really boils down to three pillars. The first one you just touched on, which is efficient uh, matching of supply and demand. You know, for any given marketplace, that's kind of the key proposition. The, key, the, the, the main solution any marketplace can bring, bring to the market is come up with a solution that efficiently matches demand to supply. Yeah. And for local freight, that entails matching, you know, as you just mentioned, uh, uh, you know, finding capacity for a spot booking for, to move a couple of pallets across town on a 30-minute notice. So that's on one end of the spectrum. But you could also have on the other end of the spectrum you know, predicting availability and then scheduling transportation capacity for 10 containers that are still on the water but estimated to arrive at a nearby port five days out. Um, but cloud infrastructure and leveraging, you know, um, a robust connectivity fabric, geospatial data, and then automation, I think that has been a game changer for efficient load matching for marketplaces like Cargomatic. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you know, you will see that, you know, the, the load matching has helped to smoothen out the ebb and flow of capacity and demand for both parties, right? It has, it's one of the problems that has plagued both the shippers and carriers alike. But when you have a marketplace that can efficiently match demand and supply, you can smoothen out that ebb and flow and really provide a proposition that is a win-win for both parties. You know, for yeah. carriers finding predictable, you know, pre predictable demand at the right price and for shippers finding capacity with the right mix of service and cost. Definitely. And talking about network effects with that, you know, when you're starting into a city, you're trying to develop the platform, um, you know, has that been one of the big things that have helped Cargomatic is as more people are hopping on this platform, more carrier visibility, more shippers, it's kind of like the exponential via the automation, right? That's right. That's kind of the second and third pillars of innovation that really unleash sort of the network effects beyond sort of just matching load and supply. So you have to be obviously good at matching demand and supply, but then you, owning the entire transaction, and automation plays a key role in that. Um, we provide a common back office, you know, so the, the, the command, uh, command which, which is our platform, basically, uh, uh, for transacting, you know, it automates, it standardizes and normalizes the back office operations. So that's tremendous value uh, in just standardizing the back office operation and fra fragment, fragmented capacity like what we have in local, uh, local freight. As a result, customers benefit from having a single sort of standardized API to streamline their operations, working capital management, as well as uh, accounts payable process. And carriers benefit from faster payments, right? So it is a win-win for both sides. Um, and to your question, sort of the network effects. So one is just from 
automate, you know, having this common back office, that itself provides savings to the tune of about three to five percent in administrative costs. Wow. Right. Uh, then kind of the second pillar, which is about capacity utilization. I think that's the winning prize, right? When it comes to a marketplace, what we can do, the marketplace essentially represents a network of networks. And as such, it enables a higher degree of optimization and capacity utilization that any single network can achieve. by leveraging sort of cutting edge technology and enable with sort of the density in the marketplace, yeah. right? That's when the network effects uh, unfold, right? So um, the more, Shippers are on the platform, the more carriers want to use the platform or be on the platform, the more carriers are on the platform, the more shippers also want to be on the platform. And it is truly a win-win when it, you can really create a win-win proposition when you eliminate waste uh, by enabling a higher degree of uh, optimization and waste in the form of dead-end miles, so eliminating yeah. those, but also bundling loads for LTL, for example, right? And are um, dynamically bundling that continuous optimization throughout the day because it's the same day pickup and delivery. Yeah. Um, what it boils down to is essentially carrying more freight with less number of trucks. And thereby the marketplace can improve utilization by almost 30%. Holy cow, and especially with margins. Trucking margins, even like uh, LTL and other ones. Transportation historically has this extremely tight margin. So save an additional 5% on the back office, with customers saving upwards of 30%. Kind of a chicken or the egg of question. Customers or carriers, you know, working on the platform, growing the network effects, is there any different approach that you want to target one or the other? Or are there any additional challenges like, uh, uh, you know, seeing at the event now, a lot of people are for shippers and working in trucking, like, uh, what, what do you think? If, if you build it, will they come? If you have a bunch of loads, will the carriers come to the platform? Or do you want to have a good amount of care or a balance in terms of a strategy? I think that's a great question. You know, Operating a two-sided marketplace, you really have to have a win-win proposition for both. Not only that, but it needs to be a solution that works for every ma macro condition and every market condition. You know, it has to have sustained value for both parties. Um, that's key. So you can start on either side. Obviously, you start with, you know, capacity. You need the capacity to even have the demand. But once you have that, you have to strike the right balance and create a proposition that works in every condition, every market. Um, and, uh, you know, really provide a win-win solution for both parties. Have you noticed any differences within the market? When you're know, talking about local, uh, under 250 miles, are there any big things that you've seen that stood out in terms of changing in the market? Because we heard about ports being backed up on the drainage component. We hear about warehousing space, local deliveries coming out of distribution centers. You know, is there anything interesting you've seen over the years or big changes with all this e-commerce that uh, have either, you know, helped you guys out in terms of that value proposition? I think two... The, several changes, you know, some of that I touched on earlier, but I think what has happened is kind of the predictable forecast-driven model has now become more demand-driven, right? So what that means is on-demand capacity has become essential. I think that's one big change that has happened. Um, the other thing is, you know, with visibility, you know, granular visibility, inventory, sort of the purview of inventory has expanded beyond the four walls of the enterprise. So now you can look at inventory in motion as also available inventory. If you can orchestrate uh, changes on the fly, whether it's diverting inventory, where you see more demand, right? Or expediting um, orders in transit. So being able to, you know, being, being agile and nimble, I think those have been, with the visibility and with the on-demand aspects of markets, marketplaces like Cargomatic, you can, you know, we've enabled shippers to be more agile and more nimble. Yeah, because customers are asking for it quicker. Supply chains need it quicker. You're pushing it all up forward. You're no longer really 
uh, putting it in a DC and sometimes sending it out to a store. Like that's kind of the big value thing Cargomatic's offering is that if I need to change something in transit, I need to have three same day loads and that's I need right. this right now. The algorithm and the software and the density is saying, okay, I've, I've got you covered instead of picking up the phone, waiting six hours, maybe I get somebody, you know, exactly. from other traditional means. Exactly. I think having that liquidity and density and the technology and the processes to enable sort of these agile uh, operations is key. Perfect. And I, I really appreciate it. Any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, final question over here. Um, how, how's the experience at the Future Supply Chain been for you all so far? It's amazing. It's great to see the collaboration. I think one thing that this industry really needs, we lack a common operating system, as you can imagine. I think all service providers and customers need to come together, collaborate not only at events like this, but also on platforms like Cargomatic. Really, we need to provide the right incentive and foster innovation because that's when we can deliver truly uh, sort of groundbreaking value for everybody. And then if we all work together, we all win. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Sunil. Check you guys out at Cargomatic, uh, www.cargomatic.com. Or... As well, yes, that's kind of our website, but we're also present here at uh, kiosk number F9, I think, on the other Kiosk way. F9. We'll totally look for it. Thanks so much for your time, sir. Thank you, Thomas. A little bit of time left coming down. And uh, so if anybody hadn't checked it out yet, we definitely have uh, tv.freywoods.com. We've got some wonderful staff. Uh, keep an eye out. Coming up, we have a few more uh, events coming along as well. And so you can check out my community. It's the Loaded and Rolling community. I do a newsletter. It's usually towards enterprise trucking, but uh, additionally, we can do macro-enabled topics. Uh, it's pretty useful in terms of just if you want to find out from a brokerage or shipper standpoint, kind of some of the characteristics of what large carriers or carriers of all size are doing. Uh, definitely useful. We're also here on tv.freywaves.com, underloaded and rolling. I've got a podcast, Apple and Spotify. Just super excited to be here as well. Uh, you know, thanks to our guests and thanks to our sponsors. And hoping that uh, upcoming in the next few months, we'll have another conference coming up. Keep an eye out or check Craig Fuller's Twitter at Freight Alley for your Freight Waves breaking news. I'm Thomas Watson, and it's been a pleasure. <laughs>